Hello and welcome to another episode of the LARP News. My name is Dave and I'm here in Madrid having just done a wonderful event um, called Zero and it's run by a group of people that are called Not Just LARP, is that correct? Not Only Not Only LARP, yeah. that's a great start to this interview already. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves and kind of tell me what you do? Um, hi, I'm Lou. Uh, I'm from Germany but I work with Not Only LARP as a Spanish organization. Um, what I do is design LARPs, run LARPs, uh, do LARP safety, mostly. Mm-hmm. That is normal. In LARP life, what about... Oh, you want to hear... No, in LARP life is yeah. fine, yeah. yeah okay, so I'm Laura. I'm from Spain, concretely uh, from a small town nearby Barcelona. And, um, well, I have been organizing LARPs, uh, what feels like forever. Yeah, I started in 20... 2009, and um, mostly what I do is I design LARPs, I write characters, uh, also sometimes I do production and props sometimes. Sure, and what um, might be a bit of a, a, a large question, but what sort of, uh, what's your priorities when you're coming up with ideas for a LARP, like what do you, what, what, what makes good game in your opinion? Hmm, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. I don't know if I have an answer to that. What makes a good game? Um, an interesting premise, an interesting setting that people would like to explore, and ultimately, yeah, an experience worth having. Hmm. Yeah, I think experience is quite important because uh, you can have a nice setting and uh, the story can be interesting, but if the, the experience is not exciting at all, then people is going to get bored. So you need a combination of, of the three of them, of mm-hmm. course. But for me, it's experience. Yeah, I, I think one thing I found interesting was because uh, the LARPs I've attended in the UK have... Um, you make your own character, right? Oh, yeah. So um, the uh, just the being given a character and then trying to understand that character before going to an event and then trying to put that into the thing, it was totally different from what I'm used to but from what I understand mm-hmm. it's quite common for a lot of the more international LARPs to have, have that as a as a system yes. uh, you mean pre-written characters yeah exactly yeah, totally totally but there are a lot of uh, sandbox or unwritten characters LARPs at least I mean I know a lot of in here in yes. Spain also in Germany for sure yes but in the international scene with what is commonly referred to as Nordic LARP, yeah. it's quite common to have pre-scripted characters, pre-scripted relationships, uh, to just fill the world and fill the setting with something uh, not necessarily more meaningful, but more complex and interlinked than if everyone were to create their own yep. characters. If you do not pre-write characters, you'll either have people only playing with people they already know mm-hmm. who they make relationships with, or you'll have people who are only very loosely connected, uh, but playing a very intense and close relationship with someone you never met can be a very interesting experience, as you can probably attest yeah, after definitely. this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, I found it interesting. Like the the different relationships I had mm-hmm. were really interesting, and I I want to talk also about maybe some of the the pre game stuff that we did and some of the post game stuff that we did because it's mm-hmm. also stuff that I'm not used to doing. No. So I found it interesting, and correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong, we um, we were asked, how intense do you want to do your roleplay? Um, do you want to have romantic roleplay? Uh, um, are there red lines for here and there? And there was, there was a lot of kind of like trying to sort people into different groups and camps mm-hmm. of what they're comfortable and what they're not comfortable. Has that always been a, a part of when you're running games or did that develop over time? Half and half. Um, for example, I mean, when Not Only LARP started some, some years ago, um, this kind of uh, previous workshops, as we usually like to, to call them, were more reduced. I mean, uh, people was uh, gathered and we were talking about how to portray or how to play these kind of things. And um, this this thing that you experience, uh, we had recently implemented it. I think it's it's quite close, like one year. It's some sort of calibration. It's uh, also in the case of zero a bit of a special case mm-hmm. because usually we ask people in advance, do you want to play romance or not? And some of the pre-written characters will have romantic play, others won't. Uh, but in here, with the premise of n- n- not very 
many people know each other with a ship where mm -hmm. it's basically almost strangers mm -hmm. you you'd only have very few pre-written romantic relationships and we kind of relied on people to make them up on the fly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for that knowing who is interested in that sort of content is very helpful because if you start to romance someone and that player is not in the least interested you basically set yourself up for disappointment and you probably set them up for a disappointment as well because it's not going to lead to scenes that you two enjoy and might be perceived as a waste of time at the end yeah, yeah. so usually we would ask in the pre-game documents or uh, in the sign up which we also did here i believe do you mm -hmm. want to play on romance or not yeah mm -hmm. and take that into consideration when casting people But here, there were only very few pre-written romances. And as you saw, a lot of people are interested in romantic plot lines. Yeah, I think that that was actually quite jarring for me, being a UK player, where um, like we call it ball gowning, um, which is kind of like... And a lot of it is done pre-game or people that you know very well um communication is a very big thing but generally it's 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 a very niche part of the game whereas when when it's like who's interested in romance like three quarters of the room headed over to that section i found that really interesting mm -hmm. like uh, i opted out of it because i was like oh man my character's complicated enough as it is um mm -hmm. but yeah I, i also found it interesting uh you did um like a, a almost like a speed dating thing with the characters right yeah so you have like a schedule of different numbers around the room and then you, you, people are invited to go to those numbers and meet different characters which mm. i thought was a really nice opportunity to to touch base with people is that something new as well are you trying that no, out no 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 it's um it's what we call spit larping but also can be called uh pre-scenes Uh, in this in this specific setting in zero we use it as a calibration tool mostly but uh, well to allow players to talk a bit about how they want to play the characters also about uh, how they feel about them if they want to be close or this is not working for me we always encourage players to do it before but we also like to give some room and sometimes what we have done is to create small scenes of the previous interactions of the characters that may or not um, or not be written in the character. So this allows to create a bit of a pre-game, you don't start in uh, in cold, as well, this is a, a Spanish say, but uh, it allows you to create a bit of memories. Um, can I also, um, for those people that are listening, there's a couple of words that you use there that I found interesting that we okay. I haven't heard before as well. Uh, one is scene and also calibration. And what do you mean mm -hmm. when, you, when you're using those terms? Well, calibration in general we use as a, you calibrate with your co-player beforehand, before you start playing, to ask them, what, how do you want to play this? Is there anything you want out of this relationship? Um, if it is, for example, a romantic relationship, how comfortable are you with physical closeness? Do you want to play this very physical or do you want to play it more laid back? There is a bunch of LARPers who are very physical and who like to play very intensely mm -hmm. on, on that. For example, actual French kissing, actual making out, those are not unheard of in the Nordic scene. But there are also mm -hmm. people who say, no, I do not want that for completely understandable reasons. Mm -hmm. And if you have a strong disconnect between those two expectations, then that can lead to a problem. Uh, and plus, we play internationally. We have people from up to 20 or 25 or 30 different countries coming together, and they all have different LARP cultures and all yeah. have different LARP styles. So putting them together and let, giving them a chance to talk to each other about how they usually play or how mm -hmm. they want to play and all that can be very valuable. Mm -hmm. yeah, because... Yeah. You might expect one thing to happen. As you said, in the UK scene, the romantic play is not quite as... I should say, from, from my experience, I'm, yes. sure, I'm sure there are loads of games that have that. It's a, a, from my experience, it's something that, that, uh, yeah. that I haven't really experienced or interacted with that, that much. Um, what about scene? When, when, oh, this, uh, when, I, when I talk about the scene, uh, and specifically in this context, okay, uh, which is the previous um, game or workshops in, uh, in these labs, is... Um, it can be either a memory or it can be 
uh, something that uh, had happened or uh, happened or is described in the character. For example, your character and mine um, first met one night in a in a museum in a party, and we interacted and we talked to each other and found each other interesting. But this is the only description that we have in the character. So. Uh, game masters or designers of, of the game can create a scene out of this to allow us to play it before the LARP so we can expand this connection mm-hmm. and um, this somehow allows the players to to get deeper into the character relationship it's really linked to the to the point of the calibration so you can do both at the same time or just opt for, cali- for calibration or just opt for pre-scenes or whatever, there's, there's a lot of terminology referring more or less to the same time, uh, to the same thing, sorry. Um, but the most important thing here is creating something extra that the person, that the player can use to enhance their play, to, uh, to feel uh, better to create a better experience with mm-hmm. their co-players. I found it. I found it very interesting as a because I, I, I'm not used to that. But mm-hmm. um, so I had uh, I already touched base a couple with a couple of people yeah. that were involved. Like uh, I had a, I had a friend of mine um, it, who I, I don't, I've never met the guy before, but he was my friend in the game. So we went for lunch uh, the day before. It was great. Like we got on like a house on fire. I'm really good. I really like mm-hmm. the guy. But um, I found it like. I didn't even need to do that with how the game, how you're setting things up. I probably could have had a good conversation with them before the game as well. So uh, there's something to take note of, by the way, in case you're thinking about going to an international LARP in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Zero a little bit. Like, okay. how did what? Where did the idea come from? What did you want to do? How did you kind of get to running it? You know. Well, in fact, the. <laughs> process behind Zero <laughs> is very different from how our design process usually yeah. goes because in the case of Zero we saw the venue on pictures and we thought fucking hell this looks like a spaceship we want to run a spaceship LARP in there yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally a uh, it's like a it's like a hotel like with pods mm-hmm. and wacky uh, white um, shaped walls and uh, a space age lift and all that sort of stuff so, yeah I agree it was absolutely nuts so so you, you see the location and you're like okay we've got to do a LARP here like what happened then in fact uh, we well yes we started talking about okay this needs to be a LARP location this looks like a spaceship, we want to run a science fiction LARP mm-hmm. set on a spaceship in this venue. Uh, then we started talking about what could it be, like how would we want to yeah. play it, and maybe par- partially because of the location's aesthetics, one thing that came to mind was Passengers, the movie, and the mm-hmm. generational ship story, which served as an inspiration to come up with the idea of let's do a generational ship on Mm -hmm. its journey and people wake up for what reason and from there we basically took it step by step and integrated it into the not only LARP verse if you want to call it that there is a number of events which were not intentionally no they were intentionally planned it wasn't wasn't intentionally planned to be an entire universe but over the course of the events we realized we can link those and create so a... you're talking about uh, a game that you've already run we started, yes. we started with Conscience Conscience uh, was, a, was a LARP based on a Westworld Westworld thank you I always forget it uh, which of course you know there are robots in there so uh, there was a company there called Aleph that created those robots some years later they had the idea they, I say they because I wasn't involved in that project I played it uh, they had the idea of exploring uh, how uh, the, the development of an AI and uh, becoming sentient would be so they created Dyself Dyself is a really interesting and small experience about um, two people that portray exactly the same character one is the robot and the other is the copy I, uh, the, the person sorry so you play exactly the same character, but at the start, no one knows which one is a robot and which one is a human. I love it. It's the 
there's a this is a great psychological thing, right? Yep. Like if you went into a copy machine mm-hmm. and came out, like how would you know you're not the copy, right? And this is the so yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was really interesting from the from the point of view of exploring what makes us us human, mm-hmm. okay? And totally unrelated, then they made Mission Together, okay. Mission Together and Names of the Planets actually came from thyself, but it, this wasn't intended to be as as, as Lou said, which was a space. It, it wasn't a more like a space colony after a war situation. It is and a science fiction lab set in a fictional world where a interplanetary war between three planets has raged for 20 seven years I believe oh no and, uh, yeah, those, oh no I've just yeah those, okay those three factions now need to work together and it is a LARP it is a science fiction LARP but it is also very much a LARP about war trauma and racism in that case mm-hmm. with, because we like to explore darker and complicated themes in yeah. our games as well and give people the opportunity to live experiences they do not live in their everyday life mm-hmm. for example as a straight white cis man, for example, you do not know what racism feels like necessarily, or mm-hmm. you have no experience, you do not, you usually don't, or generally as a white person, you only very seldomly have an experience where you are being discriminated against because of your skin color or your heritage or anything mm-hmm. like that. And we wanted to explore that, but decided to set it in space and make it about three fictional races rather than about actual human characteristics Mm -hmm. and properties. So everyone could play with that without hurting anyone's feelings Mm -hmm. in real life. Mm -hmm. We had a woman of color who was uh, basically our guidance counselor on that. Uh, She works with several organizations that deal with racism and she was our sanity check in some ways and uh, yeah made sure that we would be dealing with this issue in a sensible a sensitive way yeah the most interesting thing is that all of the three um, cultures from the different planets came from the same place yes earth so they were the same but uh, everything was based on cultural um, uh-huh, I'm missing the word right now again um, misunderstandings and uh, it, it, it was really a LARP about differences so the name of the, the, the three planets are the same planets that people in Zero are going ahead this is the origin of those people in, in those planets and and yeah so like this yeah. we but we are, we are we got kind of quite sidetracked here. It's uh, fine. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Don't worry. <laughs> we needed we needed to explain the, why. Uh, what was the question? The, the listeners are like, no. "Don't worry about it. This happens a lot with this." Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, no. Uh, um, yeah. But I found like so. You have this idea that it's going to be a. Um, are you going to head off? Yeah, in five. Uh, I can. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, Laura's got a, a thing to do, so we're just going to pack in some time. Yeah. But, um, Lou's going to keep talking to me. So, uh, but um, so you've got this idea of this colony ship going off to these three planets. Uh-huh. Um, how do you how do you start? Because there was a, 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 an absolute shitload of information, uh-huh. like oh. so <laughs> much information, and like so there were logs, and you could go through these logs, and they're like a, a, a fucking essay in their own right. Um, they're written by different characters. They pertain to different events and different points of view. Um, they have uh, there was a, a CCTV camera section. There was um, and, and, and list, lists lists upon lists upon lists of characters and um, numbers of species of plants and everything like. How, 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 oh. how do you, fucking... <laughs> I, well, there I, is a, there is a very simple answer to the how we cheated on this one. A bit. Not completely. Yeah, not, not completely. A lot of, lot of stuff was written by actual mm-hmm. humans, but especially all of those immense numbers of logs, uh, the captain's logs of the past crews and all that. We fed chat GPT with the relevant information and had it AI written. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's, it really, it's a really interesting tool because uh, it can create really cool stories that 
are linked to something that it has written before with your instructions. Okay, so it was really useful for the cut time log, for example, because we wanted to 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 have the story of all of the previous crews, you know. Um, but we knew there were 25 previous crews. This, we, are, we are not no, going we, to be we able to write that. We didn't have the time that. and we couldn't, uh, we couldn't do But, for example, for the medical, I, use, I used it as well. But the scientific, it was mostly written by hand because it didn't make any, any kind of sense. The, it, the thing about the CCTV uh, cameras... It came up by necessity. We would have liked to to play in a huge venue, but we couldn't. So, uh, if you want to play with the idea of uh, an immense colony ship going with through the space with a hundred thousand people aboard yeah. and all of plant and uh, animal life on Earth being stored somewhere, why is the venue so small? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because most of the ship is sealed off and they can only look at it via the CCTV cameras. Yeah, and also it was um, really important to us to create some real background for the people who is playing technological, medical and scientific um, play. Because you don't have to know or to, to have uh, knowledge to play something, but you cannot play on nothing. Mm -hmm. So it was very important uh, to us to give the players this tool. It was madness. It took a lot of time. Uh, I think that more or less it has become a, a part of the design of the lab. But I think it, were, it was worth it. And um, so there were a couple of other interesting mechanics. There were these, these archetypes that were um, assigned to people. So there were like fixers. I was part of the logistics crew uh, and all this different things. But also added on top of that was this other mechanic on being given social numbers, like the um, the, the the communist nightmare state where you have given mm -hmm. uh, an assigned number or whatever. In, in fact, in this case, it was a, a capitalist society. But the um, one being the lowest, five being um, the elites. Um, how did you come up with both of those systems? And kind of, because I thought it was very interesting how your social number wasn't, regulated by your job role and kind of like some of your thought processes of why why that came out the way it did well the uh, different groups to play in uh, we've had them in previous labs as well uh, because a ship's crew will need different roles roles uh, there will be different uh, fields of expertise uh, there will there is a need for engineering to keep the ship going there is a need for pilots uh, and so on what we did we renamed all of these things into corporate language corporate language <laughs> yes yeah. because ultimately it was also meant to be a larp about capitalism and the whole ship was not a governmental enterprise yeah. it was a commercial enterprise so the social value had a lot to do with economics mm -hmm. and economical value therefore the richer a character was, the higher the social status and the more rights this person had in this mm -hmm. capitalistic dystopia of yeah. sorts. Yeah, also also the thing about the the world classes or whatever you want, the, the, the groups, uh, wasn't uh, being like a totally chosen, like um, you want to work in science. It was uh, designed to be in-game, chosen by an algorithm that knew everything about you and put you in the best group. That may be true or not, because you know there was people whose only experience in piloting, for example, was I was a taxi driver. Yeah. Great. Or a VR gamer, right? Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or there were some janitors, uh, like uh, what we wanted to call... Uh, Maybe what was perceived like the lowest <laughs> working uh, in, in the ship. There were some janitors that were famous uh, influencers and uh, uh, creators of content. But the algorithm couldn't find anything better for them than to be a janitor. So this is how, uh, how a, different, uh, a lot of different people with uh, different social uh, values ended up in the same group. Because... There is nothing um, related to be in a high class and what you are good for. Mm. So you can be super rich, but 
you can be in the janitor's group because you don't know how to do anything in your life because you have been a spoiled rat. Mm -hmm. So, um, and at the end of the day, it also comes back to the off game uh, desire to give people the, ch the chance to experience something that they might not in their everyday life, in this case, classism to some extent, and mixing the social groups up inside the factions, of course, also contributed to conflict there mm -hmm. because they needed to work together. Had all of the fives been one group and all of the ones been another group, there would probably not have been all that much interaction between them. But having them be forced to work together creates a different sort of... It created interesting um, uh, dynamics within each group. And it was quite um, quite chilling, to be honest, how the the social numbers seemed to like they we, people quickly conformed to the idea that the fives make the decisions and the ones are lower down on that spectrum. Um, it was weird how easily we as just people fell into those groups, like um, quite unnervingly, really. Um, we. Do the same in real life, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think that's it's I what think we that, are doing. Yeah. We just don't be, we're not given numbers, right? We're, uh, we, we're just aware of those numbers without actually saying them. But, um, exactly. How, how do you, um, <clears throat> so when you've got, was it 50 players? 50. Um, and then you've got uh, a smattering of NPCs and crews. How do you, uh, how do you write characters? Like, how do you come up with these 50 people and work out who they're going to be? interacting with and do you have any expectations of those characters as well I think that's another thing that's worth talking about um, there are let's start with the process of the crea our creative process uh, this is not the end of end all and the ultimate way of creating characters but what we do is we collect ideas of things that we believe would be interesting to play on, on in this LARP characters that we want there we write a very short blurb a one-sentence description of what that character is going to be about. For example, someone who is terminally ill and who covered that fact up to be on board of the ship. Mm -hmm. then uh, which we... was my character, by the way, just, just for reference, yeah. And from that point on, we see which group can we fit them into. Then we start the process of designing characters by looking through the one or the one sentence blurbs and thinking which would be interesting to combine for example we had a criminal who was a stowaway on the ship basically who a, had a murderer a right like uh, an actual psychopathic murderer type person as well like um yeah there was some yeah. i i liked um it was funny talking to people. We we went out, by the way, so that's why my voice sounds the way it does. But the um, it was interesting talking to all the different characters outside of the uh, just as who they were and asking them like, what was your secret and who did you and it was really interesting to see how deep some of these characters were and how even if you didn't know what the secret was, their interactions were coloured and shaped by those secrets of who they were. You know, it's um, I found it very interesting. Um, yeah, um, do you tend to work with the same people as part of your team or do people swap in and out? How does that work? Um, we like to do a combination of both. Um, it is a fine balance between getting new people on board and getting new impulses and uh, fresh meat mm -hmm. and fresh ideas uh, because there's only so many ideas that you can have, right? And if you bring someone else in, they might bring in a new interesting impulse to the whole uh, project. But on the other hand, working with people you have never worked with before, especially at a LARP, can be a challenge. It's stressful, right? Yes, it is a... LARP organizing and running a LARP like that is a pressure cooker of stress. And if you find out along the way that you do not work well together, you might be in trouble. It's has happened in the past that there were massive falling out within the team because of different styles of organizing and different philosophies and preferences in how to do things uh, clashing uh, so we try to 
always have at least a core group of people who we know we work well with and who we know this person will do exactly what we want from them because that's another thing someone who you have never worked with might have a different idea and different expectations of what will they be doing at this event than someone who has already worked with you and knows exactly this is my job this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's a bit of both interesting yeah I found um, uh, the, the, the crew seemed to work really well together um, you played um Motivation bot, yes. Um, which I I I loved that character so much. It's like the the actually you you de, in your words you describe who 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 is motivation bot. Motivation bot is an android built for crew morale uh, because <clears throat> the setting is centered around the emergency crew who is woken up in case of an emergency and since people who are woken up in an emergency on a spaceship might be in distress uh, there was supposed to be a figure to keep morale up and that hence motivation bot was born I liked it um, I liked interacting with the character my character was interested in AI and robotics anyway but um like uh, how do I, I want to say two things at the same time here one I really like the fact that just interacting with this character uh, in the world but also I like the way um, as a non-player character you helped in the game by uh, touching base with people talking to people at different times asking people's opinions on things feeding game information um, could you maybe like talk through some of your mindset or philosophy on on being an NPC and, and how do you approach that role? Yeah. Um, I approach my NPC's role in a way where I am there to generate play for people and I am there to make sure that players have a good experience. Uh, I also do, as I said at the beginning, do a lot of LARP safety, which mm. is also something that not every LARP culture has in that regard, but we try to have someone around who can take care of the player's emotional and physical well-being, um, psychological well-being as well. So it happens at LARPs, especially if you play with heavy themes, if you play with oppression and classism and all those things, that someone might feel overwhelmed and might feel find themselves struggling or might find themselves struggling with I can easily portray this awful character. What does that say about me? Does that make me an awful person? And for that, we usually like to have someone there who can provide emotional safety. It's not necessarily someone who is trained. I do not have any psychological training whatsoever. I am just someone who is good at listening, good at showing empathy, and good at providing hugs to people when they might need one. Yeah, I found... My, um, I'm gonna do. Um, which I might have already released my, uh, like my my story of my actual experience, but um, my energy levels were all over the place this weekend. I was really low energy. Um, I think it was like one of the kind of uh, the one of the the side effects I've had from being in lockdown on my own um, for for months and months on my own. Right, like uh, I remember. Let me put it this way. I, I once got a, a package delivered by the postman and I remember the postman reached out and gave me the package and his finger gently touched my hand and I remember thinking at the time that's the first time I've made human contact with someone in like six weeks or something ludicrous right um, so I now kind of can get pretty tired in especially in large um, enclosed areas with lots of people um, but I really liked how you and other members of the crew would just come along, sit down, talk to me, have an interaction with me just to check that I'm okay. Um, yeah, I felt uh, very well kind of looked after, like my care was a big priority, it felt like anyway. I don't know how you feel about that. To me, definitely, it's a priority to make sure that players are having a good experience because that is, and are feeling safe and are, are feeling well. Uh, sometimes there are factors that you can't influence but we want to do all we can, especially if we find someone who seems to be alone and uh, doesn't have anything to do at that precise moment. It's nice to have the opportunity to check in on them to find out, hey, are you okay? Are you just taking a moment's break? Are you 
just tired and sitting and observing for a moment or are you bored or do you feel left out uh, those are things that we yes we want our players to be integrated and we don't want anyone to feel like they are not part of the thing <laughs> uh, but it can also be hard for people to just approach things and just approach other people especially when they are a bit more introverted or when they are tired because you tend to get more reactive than active when you're tired and low on energy. So we try to provide them with something that they can react to and to pre provide those impulses. I was I was always stunned at how you you had like um you had a wig, you had uh big pupil contact lenses which gave this slight uncanny valley vibe to your thing, but you always had a smile on your face. And it was like one of those um I was genuinely impressed by for the whole weekend, uh, I was exhausted, like I said, but you carried on with that energy of being a positive. How do you, where are you, how do you center yourself in a character and keep going with that? Like, do you have any advice for people in similar circumstances? Not necessarily. Um, I do not have a conscious explanation of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. I just the moment the LARP starts, I kick into gear and I am high energy. And at some point after it, I will probably crash. Mm. But for the time it is going, it is going. Yeah. So I I don't have any useful tips. Hardcore. Um, Hardcore. Um, except for take care of yourself and uh, center yourself every now and then and assess your own physical needs. For example, do I need to drink something? Yeah. Because that is something that I tend to forget. Everyone does. That is one yes. thing. Internationally, drink more water. We made a we've made a bit of a meme out of it really, like because being told to drink water is like the most it's it's everywhere. It's so common and then um I end up finding myself doing it all the time. Like I become like camp mum where I'm like, hey have you drunk any water? Why don't you drink some water? I've bought... Here's a cup of water for you. I'll drink it, you know? Um, but yeah, self-care is one of the... You can get really engaged in a game um, to the point where you forget to do the absolute basics of uh, eating. Laura, thank you so much for doing the I'm interview. Eating. I'm sad that I cannot stay yeah. for longer. Yeah. Um, it has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's so nice talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's hope we get to do it again sometime. That'd be nice. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Cool. Okay, thank right. you guys. Have a good evening, Laura. Um, yeah. Um, oh, let's talk about um, the aftercare workshop that we did, uh, in case I forget to talk about it later. Um, so after the event, there was an option, and it was optional. You didn't have to do this to do a workshop with Lou um, just to kind of like bring us down. Maybe you can kind of talk about the process and what you're hoping to achieve so uh, when LARPing games like Zero, uh, you often are very immersed in the character. It is a very emotional experience. It is tiring. It, it is exhausting. You go through a lot of emotions and uh, as stupid as it sounds, but our bodies are idiots. So when in-game you feel distressed or you're crying or you fall in love with someone, all these things... Your body goes through the physical processes of feeling these things. It doesn't know that these emotions are not real because to the body they are real because you have a real physical reaction or you can have a real physical reaction. It doesn't happen to everyone all the time, but it is something that is quite common in LARPers. And well, afterwards you have felt all of these emotions that were not real and it can be hard to let go mm. uh, and be, it can be hard to detach from that. Uh, there is what this phenomenon that we call bleed where your character's emotions and thoughts and all that bleed over into yourself and with the debriefing we try to offer people some mechanisms and some techniques to help detach themselves from the role they played and to help remind them you are not that person and one of the things I like to do in my debriefs, which not everyone enjoys and not everyone does, is writing a letter to your own character as a player. 
to make yourself very aware that this person whose life you lived for a couple of days is not you, that this is someone different. Um, a couple of years ago, I would have called this hokum and been like, oh, what a pointless exercise, okay? So I'm dyslexic, so I'm really bad at writing. So one of the things, instead of writing a letter, I literally did the, I wrote my name in the middle of the piece of paper and I just drew like a, a spider diagram off it with different emotions. Um, I was kind of surprised at how therapeutic it was to go through that process, like to take some time to look at those emotional states that I had got into and assign them words and ideas and really express what that character had gone through. Um, but to, like you said, to separate those from who I am as a person was really cathartic. Like, um, um, we, we later did some other exercises in groups as well, which um, which were, was with players I hadn't interacted with, but it was really nice and um, very honest. Actually, some I had some really honest, nice chats where we we talked about. What, 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 can you give me some of the examples of the questions that you asked? Uh, yes, uh, the first two questions are some attribute or some character trait of your character that you want to leave behind that you're happy to be different from your character in and one character trait that you wish you had more of in your life mm. uh, something that you experienced in this game that you think this would be it would be really nice if i was a little bit more like that it serves as another layer of these are the differences between you and this person that you just inhabited for a couple of days mm -hmm. to drive that point home even more the how am I different from this what just happened and who am I and who is the character I felt um, because my character had like this uh, terminal genetic illness that was basically killing me I th it really fucked with my head like it really fucked with my head I felt tired unwell and it was weird going through this process with you i suddenly my energy levels came back up again I, I like i i don't know what that even says about how suggestible i am but like the it was strange how going through that process of letting go to parsi and his medical worries and his fear of being caught and everything else that goes along with that um made me back to Dave again. Like, I was, like, uh, full of beans. Uh, we had quite a few shots last night. Um, lots of energy. Really, really nice time. So, usually after a LARP, um, sometimes we call it the LARP blues. I don't know if you have a similar feeling. It's, like, a couple of days afterwards or within 24 hours, sometimes maybe 48 hours, you, you hit a really low, like, mood... Um, it's it's hard to explain and it changes for different experiences um but i feel today like despite having an absolute ripping hangover pretty good emotionally like i'm um i'm not feeling anywhere near as squishy as sometimes i've been when i've gone to other events i think going through that process with, with you is a really good idea um i don't know whether it would be something that's what that would be very easy to implement at some systems or how that would work but um yeah i'm a big fan of it i think it was a really good idea you know yeah uh the larp blues in nordic larping we often refer to that phenomenon as the larp drop mm. because you're riding this wave you're riding this high with all of the endorphins going through your system and having met new exciting people and having had an exciting experience and then it's over and you're back in your real life and you just drop mm-hmm that is something that might still happen to you, yeah. potentially. Uh, so. I, d I had an interview with um, a really nice gentleman. Um, I will put the link to that episode. Um, it was an episode on Bleed with um, Mr. Ortiz. Um, and he talked about like this idea of um, you go from a fantastical situation to your real life. And he described that as Bleed. I disagree with him. I don't think that's what Bleed is. I think what we're describing this post loop uh, blues or um this this drop um i think that's more what you're describing there um i think some of the and a lot of that can be quite jarring especially like i found it interesting with the romantic stuff and and and, and how 
your how how can I describe this? When you watch a horror movie and you're scared, you're aware that there is no psycho killer in the next room that's about to kill you, okay? But you still feel those emotions. Now, say if you are in an intense uh, roleplay scene with somebody, you still are onboarding those emotions. Um, and I think there's a sense of, uh, like, it can be quite hard to detach the, the or, or, or the realisation of detachment between those two things, right? Like, um, I don't know, I found, um, not that I do much romantic gameplay, but if you were... You know, have this great romance in the um, in a, in a LARP, and then oh my god, I'm back in my my flat by myself, not feeling like I'm in love with somebody. I can imagine that can be pretty hard, right? Like, I don't yes, know. especially romantic bleed is a complicated thing to go through. Um, it has all these different layers where you are in you you can it it can stay with you for a while the feeling of oh my god I love this person mm. but that person that you love doesn't really exist I, exactly there is yes. a there is a physical representation of that person someone who looks like that person but is not that person because the player who you interacted with is someone different that's so interesting yes. yeah the um, I think that's one of the things that I genuinely like I, I, I kind of pretty much avoid it I, I've had or um it, it tends to be with men. Like, um, I've had, like, uh, the one specifically that I had a, a really deep relationship with was um, at a cowboy LARP. And there was a, a couple of guys there that we kind of created this, like, love triangle thing, but, like, it wasn't spoken. It was kind of naturally played out. And it was so sweet and so nice. Um, but I think, like, I don't know whether it's a lack of maturity or whatever, but. I don't know whether I'm... Maybe, hey, well, ask me in a year. I'll be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm emotionally role-playing with relationships all the time. But I don't feel like I'm in a, a stage where I'm happy to do that. But it was interesting to see how up for it people were here and how that was one of the things they were looking forward to over the weekend was... And I, I, I just find the thing fascinating, you know? Um, yeah, um, so... When it comes to um, not just LARP... Not only LARP. Not only LARP. Oh my God, fucking hell. Um, um, not only LARP. Do you... It seems like you're running these as kind of one-shots. So you're not running regular games. You're doing these no. event-type things. Yes, exactly. They are uh, <laughs> standalone projects where the all of the story gets told within one project, within one event. And then we rerun those. Uh, so that more people can experience that story or people who want to play it again can experience the same story but it's not a continuation um, first of all I think there is something to be said for having a finished, finished story and, and having an arc that you can play through rather than having an ongoing thing There is a, it is dramaturgically different and from a very practical point of view, as I said previously, we have people from up to 20 or 30 countries coming to these games. If it was a campaign game, they probably wouldn't all be able to be there at the same time for continuing events. And with the nature of the pre-written characters and the very closed settings, it gets hard to simply remove people and put them back in. Mm -hmm. I really, I, I'm a big fan of ending of stories. So, like, um, like when it comes to say Dungeons and Dragons, I ran a campaign and it was from like level one to level five, and it had an end to it. And there's a, a sadness to the end, but there's also like something really special about closing closing the end of a book type thing. Um, I think it's interesting. I don't think there's uh, the necessarily better or worse. Like if you're running a current like a big like Empire is obviously the one that comes to my mind which has been played for what, seven eight years at this stage it doesn't look like it's slowing down any and you're basically creating uh, being part of that story and that narrative but it doesn't stop um, the only thing I found is like that must be such a colossal pain in the ass to create these games and then to run them for a limited amount of time and then to effectively just put them on a shelf again um, and then work on that all over again like just the workload how do you find that 
uh, I actually find it very exciting. I uh, it would probably be more jarring for me to run a continuous campaign and always come up with new things to add to that and have to implement new things and having to keep in mind like does this fit with the previous narrative can we add this or is this going to change too much and also like the when are we going to jump the shark mm. yeah if it's a one shot you cannot jump the shark yeah I yeah interesting yeah it's um <coughs> i find like the the kind of world building required is immense for something like empire you know um yeah cool let's kind of um let's kind of draw things slightly to a close here um is there anything that you wanted to add anything that we haven't really talked about or t touched on that you wanted to discuss no i don't necessarily think so okay i think we've got most things covered okay. uh one note that i had on the whole notion of romantic bleed mm. there is a very fascinating article in the nordic larp wiki which is nordiclarp.org uh there is an entire article on bleed there is loads of articles on all sorts of phenomena that occur in game and uh, it is a good source if you want to explore the world of Nordic Lapping a bit more and the terminology behind that and the things we mean when we say bleed and when we say immersion and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've been dancing around Nordic LARP and I hear it all the fucking time. Like it's it's uh, it's constantly in the peripheral. Uh, it's a lot more front and center here when I've been in Spain. Um, I do have some lists of some people that I want to talk to about it, which I haven't organized yet. But um, yeah, watch this space. Go to go to check out these articles. Um, but we will hopefully have some experts on to go into it a bit more detail in the future when I get around to it. Um, thank you so much for uh, one having a great weekend uh, of LARP, but also uh, spending time and talking to me. Um, You're very we're, welcome. We're we're now like because we don't look after our um, poor beleaguered um, patrons ever. Um, with they're, they're the most unloved group of people on the entire planet. Um, I'm just gonna we've decided that we're gonna quickly read out um, three names ra random from our patrons to say thank you. So um, they are Michael Harris. Kevin McGregor and Jason Lesser. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting us. Um, this episode especially would not be possible uh, to get me out to Spain, um, to pay for the LARP um, and everything else that comes into that. Um, so, uh, personally, I thank you a huge amount. Um, is there anything... Is there like a, a call and response or uh, a saying in Germany that you have um, that we could close the episode out with, do you think? Horror response saying in Germany. Or, or, or a goodbye that you say at LARPs, anything like that? Well, usually it's see you next time. Okay, cool. See you next time, guys. Bye bye. <laughs>